All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of Con Job. This week, Alexa and I are going to be interviewing uh, Martha and Joel from Dark Moon Cards and Games, and we're going to try and get uh, try to get some vendor spotlights going uh, for the you know for the foreseeable future to see if we can get some info about some vendors out there to the rest of us, and maybe uh, try to direct some traffic to them, maybe get to know them a little bit. So if we if we ever get to back to shows, we can. Uh, you know, go over and stop by and say hello. You so, shut your blasphemous mouth. We are getting shows back. I said when, didn't I? From that, we will move right into uh, Joel, Martha. Why don't you guys uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Um, so my name is Martha Hans, and along with my husband, Joel, we're the owners of Dark Moon Cards and Games. And I know that name doesn't tell you, but what we do is Pokemon. Oh. Start to finish, that is, uh, that is our bag. So um, in 2009, our son, who is in college now, got his very first deck of cards. And we have been full bore Pokemon since then. Well, you'd be a very yeah, big he, kid uh, in this household. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I mean, from his, just expand on what he's talking about. The uh, he started with a theme deck. We wanted to go play some. We went and played in a couple of tournaments, and we got our butts just destroyed by everybody. <laughs> and that kind of sparked the competitive side of him. And he uh, he he went all in on it. And in 2011, he qualified for his first World Championship tournament. Wow! And then he went back to back. He went in 2011 to San Diego, 2012 to Hawaii, got our daughter into it. She went in 2014 to Washington. And they, uh, they both have been to multiple tournaments since then. And from that, um, Martha, she got into judging at events, so she'd have something to do because I played, of course. <laughs> That's uh, pretty serious. That's awesome. And then she uh, – yeah. then for me, just her, just her judging, she became a Pokemon professor, which is an actual thing. <laughs> and um that led to us actually that led to us actually getting and running our own regional championship which is like the kind of the first step down largest that they have throughout the year um and we ran three of those mm -hmm. and what area is this in yeah and then and that's down I mean, we we're out, based out of Roanoke, virginia down in southwest virginia but we and we've run turn uh, pokemon tournaments and events down into north carolina Oh, wow. Martha was actually the, what was the title? Well, I, most recently, I was the prize wall coordinator at the World Championships last year. But you were the premier organizer. And I was a premier. So we've kind of been in a ton of facets of the game and really wanted to turn that into something. And um, the, the side of that that kind of forced us to kind of look at doing that as our kids won a, just a boatload of Pokemon stuff and got to the point where we had it sitting every and we were starting to be like what are we going to do with this so we uh we started trying to sell a few things online and just sort of started to build on it from there and then um in 2015 we actually made a family trip to japan which was amazing and started to understand that it's not just five flushes and cards that we have in america it is pretty much everything in japan they'll That's license um you know lunch boxes to figures to rings i mean it's amazing i think pokemon is 
probably they do have Walt Disney there, but I think it's kind of their own Walt Disney, really the way that, yeah. that it exists over there versus the way it is here. So a, when um, we started getting into our, our business, you know, we were like, we can't just sell the stuff you can get at Walmart because we can't compete with Walmart prices. But what we can do is find these weird finds. We, we've got distributors now in Japan so we can get stuff straight from Japan. That people can't find in stores here. We can ship it to you from the U.S. Um, really made kind of our display our business just a little bit more able to be unique, which has been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Here I was thinking that I was awesome, you know, in 2000, what was that one with my, uh, my Charizard foil card, but no, no, that's nothing. That's nothing at all. So when did you guys like, when did you start getting into doing like comic cons? Well, the comic con portion of it, I guess kind of started in about 2013. Um, we'd just been doing some online sales at that point. And, um, I guess we, I guess some of the regionals really is where we first started vending. And that's really just, that's a different animal, but it's a little bit like a con. It's, it's, it's a venue with sometimes what, eight to 800 to about a thousand people there that are just there to play the card game. So it's a huge market for card, but we started noticing that those kind of things, the others, they want other stuff too. So we tried to expand on that. Um, then 2018, just, uh, kind of through the course of my employment and my job leaving Virginia and going to Georgia, which I didn't want to do. <laughs> um, I just turned my, I turned my attention to this full time and uh, thought we, I guess the, my job left in the middle of the year, I guess about yeah. August. Martha, you know, we'll just, let me do this for the end of, from now to the end of the year and just see if it looks like it's even viable. And if it's not, then I'll go see if I can get a job at Lowe's or something. <laughs> and, yeah. um, we, uh, I guess what we did, let's see, we started doing those shows and we did, I think we did just four of them that year. And then, the, or I guess in the previous year, and then in 2018, we did uh, 17 shows. Then we just kind of grew on that in 2019. I think I actually did 27 of them. And that was our first time of really doing a big show. We did a C2E2 that year. And that was yeah. kind of oh, eye-opening for a us. Show. Yeah, we, we do that whenever. That's a great show. Yeah, we, we probably retailed, what, three times what we've ever done at any show, at even our really good shows at that point. And um, I guess for 2020, we, we went right into 2020 and did MagFest, which – kind of made C2E2 look small. <laughs> I mean, MagFest was insane. Um, and we were booked, booked and planning to do, I guess, about 30 events this year. And, of course, you know how that turned out. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, trust me. Looking at my looking at my Square dashboard, it's uh, it's telling me exactly how it turned out. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be easier to do taxes. I, I think our, sure. uh, our big, I think our big disappointment on that one was uh, MomoCon. We we had never gone to Atlanta for a show. I guess Dragon Dragon Con is such a huge thing, and we were kind of we're still trying, still trying to look at that. But we actually got into MomoCon, and of course, that was one of the first ones that was canceled. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was the beginning of the of the stones falling on us this year, I guess. So you you kind of told us how many shows you guys normally do in a given year. What um. What was the last show that you guys did? Was did you do C two E two this year? We did, 
And um, actually, technically, we had a show since then. <laughs> we went to uh, Virginia Comic Con up in International Raceway one whole day, uh, August 22nd. Um, and again, having, having listened to the podcast before, I'll say this one was fine, not even considering. And by that, I mean, we, we retailed exactly the same amount this year as we did last year at the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, it, it's been a kind of a, 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 a low, low end show for us, but it's so local. We hate not to go. Right. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than some of the bigger places in North Carolina and stuff like that. But, um, you know, honestly, they did what they could and they had had to cancel one in March. Um, but they, they had a bigger, bigger build on the venue site. They had everybody spaced out. So everybody's booth had at least 10 before the next booth started. The aisles were super wide. They had a one-way map going around the whole building, which didn't really matter because there weren't quite enough people to fill up the one way, but uh, <laughs> it was, um, you know, it was it was what they what they were allowed to do, and they made it work. And and I had heard a lot of skepticism about people being able to do something, especially in Richmond. Uh, you know, our governor was pretty early with shutting stuff down, and um, has been pretty slow to get things open back up. But they really worked with the venue and was able to work with the um, the promoter, and it, it worked out pretty well, I think. That's a good thing. I, I like I like hearing like I so far the only convention that I've heard that's been a bomb was was one in um was in Oklahoma. And from what I understand, it's just because it wasn't promoted at all. Nobody knew it was happening except for, you know, small circles. So I I think uh I, I think it bodes well. I, I think the future is uh you know, at least for the this the, the I guess not so distant future is, is small shows for sure. I've been to a lot of shows. That one, I think <laughs> one where they kind of forgot to advertise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could go on all day about that. Yeah. That's uh, you, can, you can't always just rely on Facebook to, uh, to get your message out there for sure. I mean, right now you have to, but so, you know, we tiptoe around it and we talk about it a ton. You know, there's COVID has shut down everything that we do. <clears throat> and I, I was talking to somebody earlier today and they're like, you know, it's weird because there's, you know, there's boat shows going on. There's home shows going on. There's gun shows. There's coin shows. There's a, a whole lot of everything going on except Comic-Cons and concerts. Like those are the two big things that you know we're like what um how do you guys feel about everything that's going on and if you know well when you know when you start doing shows again um you know would you do it if they started allowing a full attendance um oh absolutely the The um, reason we asked the reason we asked there is a lot of vendors out there whether it's you know, we see it in forums or in, you know, Facebook groups, or whatever that, you know, just kind of shaming people for even mentioning it. Like, oh, I would do one next week. And they're like, how dare you? So that's why, you know, we want to get kind of pick people's, you know, get your, your thoughts on it. So pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this business is what, is what we set up to do. I mean, that's where we've been trying to shift a little bit to online stuff, but I mean, we really, 
we went and got a van and grid walls and tables to do cons. That's really what we're set up to do. So we absolutely would go back to that. Um, the, uh, yeah, the tiptoeing around the, the virus thing is not something I'm, I'm worried about doing If If you want to get into that, I can, uh, <laughs> I can go, uh, go full bore on that one. If you want to, I think we're in what day, or are we in day 197 of flattening the curve right now? <laughs> it feels like day 357. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, we're, I do a lot of looking in my free time, which yeah. we have a lot of right now at data, things like that. And I'm not worried about it. We're not in the at-risk age group. Uh, I think mostly you're looking at, you know, people over the age of 70 or people under the age of 70 that are not in a very good shape. Right, or have some sort of existing condition that would hurt it. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably, we live on some property here in Southwest Virginia. I'm probably more worried about a mowing accident, honestly, <laughs> than I am about, about any kind of virus. And being in Florida, the guy, I'm more worried about a lightning strike, to be honest. Or, or, or a hurricane. Those two. I, actually, I'm not even really yes. scared of those. Those happen every year. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm more scared of ticks, honestly. That's, <laughs> that, that's really yeah. the big threat in our part of the country. And, you know, honestly, we've, we've been able to do something which is kind of unique that, you know, we hadn't really dreamed of before. We were able to set up um, a cart at our local mall. Oh. And, you know, they've been super good to work with us, mostly because, you know, they don't have anybody there either. They've got like maybe five carts in the whole mall right now. Um but they've been really good. We've been there, I think, three weekends now. We go again this weekend. And it's just so nice to get out and right. talk to people. I mean, I love my family, but there's only so <laughs> many conversations. We can start repeating ourselves. And it's so nice to get out and just see more people. And you realize how, you know, all this being shut up in your own thoughts and your own Facebook feed isn't helping anybody. And it, it's been nice to have those little ways to get out and you know i wish we could do it yeah every weekend well you know to cook once in a while but... and we honestly with with the uh with the mall cart thing that was just something back in when we were booking you know we did 27 shows and we were looking at 30 the next year i was actually looking at that as a way to just take a break from shows you know maybe come back home right around the holidays and just get a mall cart and be here and not be going from ohio to Charlotte, North Carolina to, you know, wherever, to Baltimore. Indian, Baltimore to Indianapolis or something. And you know, we actually turned back to that because it was like, well, now we can't do anything. It's like, what about the mall cart? And we started talking to people and they actually said there was a good bit of you know, foot traffic at the mall. A lot of people just went there because there's nowhere else to go. You know, movie theaters are just now opening back up here. At the time we did the first weekend of the mall cart, there was, you couldn't even go see a movie in Virginia. So I think some people would just go to the mall just to not be in their house watching Netflix. Yeah, it's almost like you feel like you've watched everything Netflix has to offer between Netflix and Prime and Hulu. It's like, what else? Give me something new. <laughs> yeah, I think we're getting, we're getting into like uh, Lava Lantula territory on Prime and uh, Netflix. Oh, man. That's, yeah. we're watching, that's terrible. I, I've gotten to the point where we're watching, like my wife watches the, the K-dramas, those Korean things, and now we're watching um, – there's an interesting one. It's a Turkish one. So not only do it, it looks amazing, but I obviously can't understand them. So I have to read the entire time, which I've always said I hated, but this one's pretty interesting so far, but the, the best, best movie I've watched this in the last probably month 
was a basically a Russian military like propaganda film for their military about tanks, and it was what was it, nineteen thirty four or something? I think that was on Prime. It was something they filmed just for their military, basically like a World War Two era like Yay, rally, rally the troops kind of film. But it was it was actually really fun. That's, that's great. <laughs> how how do you guys normally get to the shows? You drive or do you fly? Yeah, we uh. Yeah, right when we were, when I was leaving my job at the railroad, or when it was leaving me, whichever <laughs> way you want to approach that, I think it was a mutual departure at that point, but uh, the, uh, yeah, I was shopping around looking, I found like a place down in the, right on the border around the coast of North Carolina, um, that had just like, that's all they did is they sold used like work vans and utility vans. I went down there and spent a day, and I think I drove everything on their lot. Um, which was about 30 some vans to just come back around to a little transit connect van. One of those little tiny, funny looking things. It's a, basically like a Ford Focus with a van. I think body that's what on. Alexa drives. Oh. No, no. My, I, <laughs> I can, you can park your, uh, you can park your thing in mine. It's cool. I, <laughs> I, I have like one of those ridiculous monster vans. Uh, I'm waiting for Martha to let me put some switches on it. So <laughs> down it. Oh, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've mostly, you know, again, having just started with, with Joel being uh, full-time since uh, 2018, we've focused mostly on the East Coast. Uh, we go um, North South Carolina, Baltimore, um, into Ohio and Pennsylvania a couple times. Actually, have family in Indiana, so uh, when we've gone to C two E two, we have the halfway spot where we can stop. Um, but it's it's really been a, a great way to kind of get out and and see things. And again, with Joel not having an another job, this is his full time job. He can go and leave on Wednesday or Thursday if he's got to take two days to get there. Oh. So yeah. So what is the furthest you said? You said you mostly just East Coast. What's the furthest West you guys have gone? You said. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So that's just north yeah. and from you guys, right? It's not too far west. I mean, it's still pretty far west. Well, Is it? Tennessee's a really long state. If you ever, if you look at it from side to side, um, it's about a 20 hour drive Oof. from us to Chicago. That's a hike. Yeah, yeah, Mister. I can uh, I can pack my entire booth in two suitcases and a golf bag. Uh, that golf bag. Uh, uh-huh. We get a hundred pounds, and that thing is ninety nine every time. <laughs> I want to say that I envy people that can do that, but I think really deep down, I don't really like people that can do that. <laughs> no, I have so much stuff. I have well, to it's make. it's a much different setup. Like Alexa does glasses. You guys have obviously more than just Pokemon cards. My my wife's an artist, so she does. You know, it's art prints. I mean, there is some there is some bigger things that we have to pack in there as well. But for the most part, it's just stacks of prints and and uh, just stuff for the setup. Like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen hers, but you, you know we have the gold sequence uh, tablecloths and 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 things like that. So, but yeah, no, we yeah. get it. It's actually four big suitcases, and that includes our clothes for the weekend. It's four big suitcases yeah, yeah. and well, two two carry ons that are packed to the hilt. Luckily, they don't weigh those. Well. <laughs> See, but you can't count those two big suitcases because that's all Meg's clothes. That's just her shoes, let's be honest, because she's yeah. not, never sure yeah. what she's going to wear until she gets there. So she brings half the closet. <laughs> and I just have two pairs of jeans. Yeah, I think my, my wardrobe goes into a backpack that I shove behind the seat of the van because that's the only space yeah, left. Yeah, exactly. I think. So, you know. 
Pokemon t-shirt. <laughs> so. I, I will tell you, though, like driving everywhere, I would not trade the views for the world. Like, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I had to fly everywhere because I just I like the scenery. So, well, that's that's a, my long term dream slash goal of this, I guess, especially once our, our daughter is halfway through high school. Mm-hmm. I guess once uh, she takes the next step and we're a little bit freer with our own time is I'd love to get like a small motor home and just go to shows and that, and that way you don't have to pay right. for a hotel. You can cook and grill it out in the summertime. And then if you want to go to another show from there, you don't have to just keep bouncing back and forth to home. Um, if you decide you want to stop and explore the caverns <laughs> of somewhere or see the world's largest rubber band or something that you can just go do whatever you want to. And you're not, you don't have to come back. Yeah, I did that uh, 2017 to 18, I think it was. I uh, I spent an entire month on the road. I was uh, I was out west, and it didn't make any sense for me to come back home because I had a show in LA. Then the next weekend I had a show in Vegas, and then the next weekend I had a show in Phoenix, and then the following weekend I had another show in Vegas. So it was like, what? What? Why would I even come home? Like that's. That's silly to spend four days driving each time. That's that just doesn't make sense. I think that would be the other part of the, in that small van that we do. Uh, I know, like at Mag, Arthur actually had to come back on was that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. Yes, he had to come back on Friday night because we actually were just about sold out of everything we could take in the van. Yeah. So it'd be nicer to have something like a motorhome where you could just go restock from. There are pros and cons to having that bigger vehicle. Ugh. Like you can't go through drive throughs sometimes. Well, at least the one thing you guys, the, car. the one thing you guys don't have to worry about is um, flying into a place on a you know on a Friday morning and going straight to the show, only to find out that uh, your bag didn't make the trip. Yeah, so we oh, had that. We oh had, yeah, that, that, that happened in New Orleans, didn't it? New Orleans, yeah. So I was just about to say we love New Orleans, and we usually drive that one because it's like eleven hours, but. I was like, you know what? Let's just fly. It was, we found a super cheap flight, and it, it, we always fly Southwest because you get two bags each. So it's like four bags. It's beautiful, and it was like I want to say it was like 150 bucks total for both of us. So it was like it's going to cost us more than that in gas. So we flew up. We left at like seven in the morning. We got there at nine thirty, you know, something like that in the morning. And oh yeah, your bag's not here. Sorry, it'll it, it'll it'll be here today by six. And of course, it didn't show up on Friday by six, so we had to wait till Saturday. So here we are at the show, and that was the one with like ninety percent of our prints in it. It was the big golf bag, and it was like, so we're just at the show selling stuff like IOUs. Hey, come back tomorrow, I'll give it to you. And it was like it just killed our whole, <laughs> it killed our whole Friday. And so you know, because most of our setups in there, so it's like you can thumb through it, but you can't take anything with you. <laughs> so sorry, I think it was. Yeah. I think it was maybe Ketsukon I was at. I was talking to her. Maybe it was the person that was next to me in one of those shows. That I think they ran from Seattle, and they just have everything they have shipped out here. And then uh, then they fly out and just go to the FedEx place and pick all their stuff up. And I'm just like, man, I'm maybe I'm a control freak or something. I don't know. I'm just not brave enough to, to even attempt to do something like that. Well, it's that. funny that, you know, it also happened to us at C2E2 last year. Not, not the 2020, but 2019. Um, it happened to us where they didn't, we, so, uh, my father-in-law is, is good friends with the guy who runs the security there. Cause they do, he does business with them. And so he's like, why don't you just have them ship their stuff to the hotel? 
So I was like, okay. So we ship it to the hotel and we overnighted it on Wednesday, guaranteed arrival Thursday. And we were arriving Friday. Yeah. We were just flying in Friday morning because it's a straight flight. No, no, no uh, layover anywhere. So we get off the plane, go to the hotel. Nope, it's not here yet. And this was Friday. This, we did overnight. Two days it didn't get there. It actually got there Friday night, like at eight o'clock at night. And then they charged me $40 for it just to sit there and have, for him to hand it to me, like a, like a stocking fee. I'm like, geez, <laughs> Louise, first of all, you're late, you know? And then we got to pay extra just to get. So, yeah, we decided we'll never do that again. We'll just fly with it. And then New Orleans happened the next year, which, again, was a – I can understand how if you have a flight where there's a, a layover, maybe it misses the connection somehow. But if it's a straight flight, I'd never understand. But come to find out, it was because the, the TSA went through our bag. And so it was just going to catch the next flight, you know. And, and they always go through that one because it's, a, it's, it's, it's basically a golf bag, but there's not golf clubs in it. So they always want to go, hmm, that's weird. Right. What should we put in here? What, what's in here? So, Well, and it's, it's tough to, uh, to, to x-ray through paper. That's uh, well, and then they I was to... traveling doing cosplay. Yeah, and then I thing. tape everything closed, all the boxes inside. So obviously they have to open everything up, look through it. And then they got to tape it back closed. And it's a, uh, just a pain. So, it, It's funny, funny you say that. The, um, when we have flown to Pokemon events, you know, some of these world championships the kids have played in, we're carrying, you know, little, you know, the little deck box size that holds a 60 card sleeve deck. A lot of times we're taking 10 or 20 of those in a backpack. And apparently that looks like some kind of explosive <laughs> yeah. or because I guess those cards have foil backs on them and they just they set off they some, kind of, through yeah, some kind of alarm or something, right? Every time we've transported that kind of stuff with us, we have like people going tearing our bags apart. And it's just like, come on. It's yeah, I know. And cards. I mean, <laughs> I, at one point, you're like, some party is like, all right, I respect the fact that you're you're doing your job, but at, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's just Pokemon stuff. Come on. <laughs> and the biggest part is then when everybody leaves that con- that convention, they're usually in Indiana and Columbus. When somebody leaves, when when everybody leaves. You know that whole TSA group has got to absolutely get used to it. And it seems like they still don't yeah. understand. Like the third day, I'm still leaving, and there's like people coming through with all these things we have to open. It's like, well, you know, we're <laughs> together. <laughs> we're just yeah. in the same spot, but they got to check. That's their job, I guess. We all want to have a job. That's why we're. That's why. We're so here. now you said that one in August was right where it was kind of uh, everything was up, you know, up and running, kind of back to normal ish. Was everybody there wearing face masks right. or anything like that, or was it just kind of free for all? Somewhere, somewhere. It was. Um, they were. They were policing that um, pretty pretty strictly. Um, and I think that was probably in compliance with our governor. Our governor has been pretty strict on everything here in Virginia, so I think that was a condition of them having an event at all. I don't know yes. if you've heard about Florida, but our yeah, governor, thought- you know, if, if you're if you're part of a riot, we can just run you over now. So. Anything goes here. Yeah. Well, you know, he said if they want to, he said if riders want to block traffic, you're more than welcome to run them over. That's, I, I oh yeah, Florida <laughs> is the new West. I, I love it. And it's funny because my, I, I, he, the, the governor grew up in Tampa and he played little league baseball with some of my friends that I played with in college. So um, they know him, they know him pretty well. And so it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, hey, you know, to each their own here. So I'm I'm hoping that you know we we get back to normal. But with that said, like, what are your guys' thoughts on on um, 
like how things are going to look for us in the future. I mean, how do you think they're going to change? Well, you know, honestly, that's something that has gotten me concerned a lot lately. Um, with with my background in, in our history and running these big Pokemon events, you know, I, I have more insight than some people as far as insurance and venue restrictions and things like this that, you know, some of the complications that event runners have to, to deal with. Um, you know, and at the same breath, I can say, you know, we're a small business and we understand that there are a lot of businesses that don't run in a fiscally responsible way. And when, for example, when uh, MAGFest canceled, um, they, they sent an email out that said, we can't hold this event. And by the way, please join us for our telethon where we have to raise $10,000 to be able to stay a functioning company. And that just kind of took the floor out from underneath me. I was like, you know, if if we lose some of these mid to large size um, event runners and probably several small event runners, if we can't get small shows back going, we're going to be a without shows to go to. And then we're going to turn into this um, kind of a repeat of where we've been where um, we have a lot of people saying, oh, there's no Comic-Con here. Let's run one. It must be yeah. easy. And they're going to do yeah. a horrible job and you're going to have then you have all these vendor risks where, you know, you got to pay what they're charging because they're the only game that's there and you got to show up and hope it's going to do something. So, you know, I think if we don't, if we don't get somebody and, and, you know, if, if Indiana can make it work, God bless them. If, if we don't get somebody who can really get this started so that people can see, you know, it's possible. Insurance companies are going to say, okay, we understand that we can take a risk with you venues are going to say you know i understand that people are going to drop dead at our doorstep it's it's going to make some changes that'll make it really tough for for some of these small businesses to keep going no i i gotta tell you i agree you know talking to my con runner friends it's it's not just about you know it, it is about getting the people in the door but it's it's about so many other things right now well, with with Pokemon, for example, for their you know their organized play events, they canceled the Worlds. It was supposed to be in London in August, back in April. I mean, the first end of this, they're like, "No, we're canceled." And then they just came out two weeks ago and announced they were canceling all of their organized events. So, which means, as organizers, we can't run tournaments for the rest of 2020. I've already decided that. And at some point with that. <clears throat> I think people that are they're addressing their business that way, they're going to start to lose. They're going to start yeah. to lose their following. Got to stay I mean, relevant. You, you have, we have kids that are. We had six kids from our two leagues that we run qualify for the world championships this year. We've been kind of growing on that every year since we, our kids got into it. And I know one of them has already pretty much stopped playing just because he hasn't had any events to do this summer. He's kind of gotten into music, and I think that's going to happen with a lot of things where. You're just going to forget about it and find something else to do if you don't get to come back and do it. That, that's been uh, that's been kind of a fear that I think Ryan and I have talked about. You know that people people are gonna they're gonna move on from Comic Cons. You know they're gonna say, uh, you know what, I I did without them all summer and I was fine. I did without them for a year and I was fine. You know I maybe I won't go this year. Maybe I'll see if I want to go next year. And I well, and they're gonna start attending something. Yes, that's exactly. Fine. So they're going to go to a concert or an outdoor festival 
and and that's going to yep. be their money. You know, it's going to be their their um, their fun budget. It's going to be their you know, autographs from somebody or other. Really, once you get into a, a habit and you get into that rhythm, it's hard to stop and go back. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Good point. Yeah. I think the example that sticks out in my mind, at least from this last year or two, is, you know, the Galaxy Con folks that um, have always been down in Raleigh. I guess, what were they, Supercon yeah. before? Yeah. They brought a show to Richmond in 2019. It was the first time they'd, they'd been there. And everybody that came to that show had this look on their face like, oh, my gosh, what is this? I mean, they the people in Richmond hadn't seen a show of that size. You know, the, they have half of their venue dedicated to wrestlers and guests and voice actors and all this stuff. And, I mean, I was, sitting, I was sitting in sight of, I think, Lou Ferrigno and uh, somebody from one of the Guardians movies. Um, but <clears throat> not getting a follow-up year there, I think a lot of people came to that without really thinking about saving up money to come to this show. They came in, they paid to get in, and are like, holy crap, so much stuff here to do and buy. I mean, right. where did I even start? They, they lose that follow-up year of that, and now it's like, it's almost like, a, I guess, if they get that back in 2021, there's going to be reset. Yeah, you lose the momentum because we, we've talked about it before. Is like with the, the guy who ran UltraCon here, it's like, you know, are you going to come back next year to West Palm? And he said, absolutely, because it's almost like, you know, that first year, it's kind of like, oh, this is kind of cool. Let me go check it out maybe. Then the second year, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember that show last year. Let's go check it out again. Then that third year, it's like you start going, oh, yeah, every year around whatever, you know, month, April, May. Oh, yeah, we got UltraCon next year. Oh, we got UltraCon coming up, you know, or whatever that show is, you know, the Richmond one. And it's like that's when you got to start getting into people's minds. And now it's like for us down here in Florida, we have Megacon. So every year there's Megacon. So we know, you know, roughly when it's going to be in like May, in the May timeframe, it's like Megacon's coming. So that's always like the big one. So it's like, if you get out of that, people are going to, like you said, they're going to find something else. Like, Hey, let me go. You know, I, I, I'm just going to go to Disney, you know, or wherever, you know? Yeah. And that's the, I guess to me, that's always been the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, sort of the attraction of these shows is it's one of the few places so many things have gone to online sales. It's that one place you can come and pick stuff up and touch. And yeah. Yeah. And it's, I know that's an attractive thing for people. It's just something that people like to do. That's, but you know, just, I don't know, get that started back up again. is going to be challenging for anybody, I guess. So I, do you guys think that, you know, we're ever going to get back to a, you know, to, to what normal was for, for all of us before all of this? Yeah, I really hope so. I guess the the error that I think has been made by whoever you want to point that finger at on, on for making that error is they've really scared people. Um, I, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd make a daily run into our post office with our online orders, and even in our small town, walking in and out of a building, if I don't have a mask on, you know, you get looked at by the one person leaving. <laughs> like, how dare you? And it's like they're do you have, I don't know it's just hard to I guess that's the, that's one of the biggest things that can kind of dominate people's lives is fear and they really really cultivated that yeah. this time around um it'll be it's gonna be hard to undo well, yeah I, I agree that's my that's my biggest concern is now you know like you know we were at the mall my wife and I and I'm like I just you know you sit there and as you're walking around you look and it's like everybody's wearing their mask 
And it just seems so surreal to me. I still, you know, it's like, wow, I can't believe this is where we are. And then I said to her, I was like, you know, this is never going to stop because they're not going to have a, a vaccine. It's not like chickenpox where they're just going to give you a shot and you're never and you're fine. You know, it's it's a virus. It's not how that works. It's it, it, I just feel like it's like, where do we go from here? Is this this is going to be how it is forever? You're going to have a large majority of the people who are just petrified or whatever they're listening to the news or whatever that they don't want to catch this thing and they're going to be walking around with a mask on and it's like you know we said it before too it's like michael jackson had it right all along <laughs> we thought he was crazy and <laughs> well and I've, I've thought of two things about masks which really got me it's like my first thing is i smile and that is how mm-hmm. i greet people and that is i think a huge part of my personality mm-hmm. and you know, that's suddenly taken away. And it's not that I'm not smiling under there, you just don't see it. So that welcoming, you know, that 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 way to interact with people is kind of diminished. And the other thing that struck me the other day, I was uh, in, in the restroom at work, washing my hands, looking in the mirror. I was like, God, you can really tell when I'm tired. <laughs> because your eyes are now <laughs> the focus. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, you know, when you're smiling, you know, you can, you can, get away with a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, flaws. If you're, if you're a happy person and you're smiling, but my gosh, you take away that, that pretty grin and it's just your eyes. And some days that's what I need to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that, that's my biggest concern is in, in a, a year from now, you know, whatever, two years from now, what's really going to be different. I'd say, I, I really don't know. I feel like the masks are going to be kind of here to stay for, I would say at least half the people when, you know, I feel like it really should be for the ones that are, you know, when we were talking earlier, you know, off the air was, you know, for the old, for the people that are older or have some sort of, you know, pre-existing condition that, that could really be, um, you know, affected by this, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've said from the beginning of this thing that if, when the first little lockdown happened to make sure the hospitals were set up, deal the deal, that when they came back from that, if they opened the country up and said, we're going to open it up and you need to wear a mask, I would have thrown a mask on my face and gone right, right. to the next con and not thought twice. But it, it's just grown out of control. You know, it's like this, it just keeps growing and it doesn't seem to want to stop. You know, you got like team lockdown against people that are, I don't know what the other team would be. Team, I've team had freedom and team lockdown, I think <laughs> is really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just become this like struggle that people are all, in the middle of, and I don't think some people even understand why they're in the middle of the struggle other than I've got to pick a side in this. And it's, and then you're almost scared. You're almost scared to pick the side of not wearing it because then everyone's going to be like, well, you just don't, you know, you just don't care about everybody. You know, you're, you're putting everyone at da- in danger. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm, you know, the big thing here in Florida do- is, you know, that for the past, you know, not recently, but prior, you know, the past couple months before September, was oh every week the cases are going up every day ten thousand more twelve thousand more because when we first started it was oh we had twelve deaths you know we had fifteen deaths we had and then it turned into cases because the cases number was much higher it's like oh we got another ten thousand yesterday another thirteen thousand yesterday but nobody's dying they're just getting sick like I know a bunch of people now have had it and they're fine my my ex just fine exactly and it's like yes it's like I think with anything else any kind of sickness. Some people are going to die. 
that's you know i guess that's you know and i don't mean to sound crass but that's kind of natural selection or you know bad luck if they have some other pre-existing condition they're they're at a much higher risk but and like anything else too i mean if you there's people out there don't have pre-existing conditions that just die from but that's just that's just how things you know how things go i mean someone could just die from you know like jack lane was the healthiest guy in the world all of a sudden he had a heart attack and died you know I may be dating myself on movies and stuff, but Al Pacino and Heat, one of my favorite lines is there. They're talking about, yeah, I could get killed for telling you this. And he, he says, you can get killed yeah. walking your doggy. And yeah. I, it's it's just that. Yeah, we're, we're sitting there watching our son, who one of my favorite times of my life, and that's how I met the person that's sitting next to me, was in college. My son is at college for the first year away from home, and he's sitting in a room doing yeah. on, online classes, and they can't without masks it's like dude, y'all are like, destroying this it's like this is this time to yeah. get away from us and go experiment wow. and party and meet, meet people meet people yeah. meet girls and it's just like you're taking this away from me man that that pisses me off i mean same, yeah no same here my daughter's a senior in high school this year and i i i still remember my graduation and i just i i hope somehow some way she's able to walk across stage and throw her hat up in the air you know <laughs> Well, and go to go go to see There's your prom and do all of yeah, that stuff. Right, right, exactly. I wouldn't be sitting next to Martha if there had been a lockdown in nineteen ninety, whatever the heck that was. Yeah, back then. <laughs> Some, somewhere yeah, back it's then. not like you back then. You wouldn't have had a Zoom a Zoom call with her either, a FaceTime. <laughs> you wouldn't even send. Probably wouldn't even send oh, an no. email yet. I. Let me call you on my let yeah, me call you on exactly. my bag phone. Oh God. Uh or or my my my, my Motorola. My Zach Morris brick phone, yeah. The uh, <laughs> code for long distance. You know our kids yeah. don't know what oh long distance is. Oh my gosh, I know, right? Hey, we gotta keep this short. I don't wanna have a hundred dollar phone bill. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? No, I, the bad part is like I, I so I, I was having a conversation with some some younger folks and we were talking about like phones and they're like oh yeah you know phone this phone that blah 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 and i'm like yeah man i i remember when we had a rotary phone and like that was the phone and they're like what's a rotary phone and i'm like that's when you put your number like you put your finger on a number and you had to pull a dial around to dial the phone. And they're like, that's stupid. I'm like, yeah, that's also when you had to remember people's phone numbers. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what yeah. a little black book is. Poor kids. Right. <laughs> I had a camera. The, the three girls that gave me their phone number, those things were committed to memory. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Like nowadays, imagine if you went to, if you went to jail and they were like, yeah, you get one phone call. I'd be like, well, you got to give them my cell phone. I don't know anybody's number. <laughs> I just asked Siri to call whoever. And there hasn't been a child yet for now, what, 10 years that's had their mom pick the phone up in the middle of the call and like, yeah, he's still on yeah, there. Right. <laughs> or or better phone yet, phone. while you're while you're on your dial-up internet and mom needs the phone, so she starts oh, dialing it and off. it kicks you off. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. The good old days. Uh, yeah, kids don't know the struggle of dial-up internet either. No. Let's be real honest. Nope. Listen here, you whippersnappers. I was, I was, I was in on Napster when that thing started, and like my whole day was around, literally revolve around downloading one song. Yeah, oh yeah. Download progress, three minute, forty five second song would be like it's a ten percent 
It's like, don't touch the phone. Yeah. And you just stare at it. And it's like, oh, well, 21 minutes left. I always used to do all my Napster downloads, <laughs> like in the middle of the night when I knew my parents weren't awake and going to use the phone. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, the struggles. And, and then if you like, if your parents, like if you had a job and you could talk your parents into it, like I talked to my parents into letting me pay for a second phone line that all I did was use the internet on. Yeah. That was my $12 <laughs> a month from my job that I like hooked it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I know we were talking earlier too about, uh, you know, you guys said, wish we could just open up and get back to normal. What are, what do you, like, what would you say to the vendors who are bad mouthing the shows and other vendors for wanting to get things started up again? My, Besides, honestly, you know, my go biggest thing yourself. about that no. is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really about a person. I mean, you know, everybody needs to make the call that's right for them. I think Virginia, instead of that for yourself, you say, oh, well, bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) But there's more to that saying. You got to remember that. (laughs) It's, it's, it's so much about what, what you're willing to do and to risk. And honestly, if, if you as a, as a person or a vendor aren't willing to take that risk, then that is a choice that, that you'll need to make for yourself. And it's, it's really frustrating that, that people have taken it to the extreme that they've decided that it's, it's aggression. Right. Because it's really not, I want to get back to shows because it's my business and I love doing them. And I want to see people and interact with people and share what we love. I want to, I want to, I want them to see the coolest, latest thing from Pokemon. Um, I don't want to kill anybody. And that's not my point. I'm going because I feel comfortable and I feel safe. And, you know, yes, people who aren't and who don't. And, and that's that's too bad, unfortunately. Yeah. Heck, I'm going because yeah. I want to work. Right. I, I had a, I have a friend on Facebook who she, after... Um, after the last event that Ryan and I did together, um, she made this huge post. She was a guest at the show before. Like she, she, she's, she has a fairly loud voice in the cosplay community. And she made this post about how, if you attended the show, if you were a vendor there, if you were a guest, if, you know, if you had anything to do with the show, then you could remove her from your friends list or from her friends list because, you know, she, she didn't want to be friends with some, with people who were carelessly killing people. And that's exact. That was exactly what she said. Carelessly killing people. And I, I, that, that kind of commentary has to stop, you know, and I get it. People are scared. You know, people are scared that they're going to get yeah. sick and they're scared that, you know, that they're, they're going to get their, you know, their, their significant other or their family members that are elderly or compromised sick. I get it. But man, the, the hatefulness and the aggression is just wild out there right now because it's, and I'll say it, I've said it a million times. It mostly comes from people who are privileged enough. And I hate using that terminology, but they're privileged enough to be able to not have to depend on 
the Comic-Con income as part of their, you know, their income that's, that's extra for them or their income wasn't affected because they, you know, they traditionally do everything online anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that hiding behind social media, people say all those things where they, I think they just would never say that kind of thing to somebody, you know, anything remotely like I guess that, this pleasure with social media is you all these people that I've liked in movies and shows and things like that, that if you go actually look at their sites and listen to them just doing that kind of stuff at you, it just makes people you normally would have <laughs> held up a lot higher. And like I've, got, or I've even got actors in movies and things like that, that I just don't want to even watch their movies anymore. Cause you just keep hearing them do that same kind of thing where they're just, just uh, whatever category you want to put in, call it spewing eight or just spewing BSC, whichever uh, whichever category is more accurate there, I guess. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of everything going on, and I can't wait until we're past it and we can figure out a way to move on. And hopefully, some of those people, you know, some of the people that have been so hateful on both sides, can can fix the differences and and we can actually get to you know get back to being civil to each other but who knows if that'll happen <laughs> what's one thing i love i love about going to the shows is that i talk you know in the course of three days at a show i talk to people and if you want to put people in the categories i'm pretty sure i talk at some point to somebody that's in every category and have a good time just talking about stuff that we have in common and things that we enjoy and talking to both on and that's, I guess that's what the show, the con circuit really provides for for whatever category you want to put yourself into. You can all get together and talk about the things that you like together. And it's taking that away is, I think, hurting people. It really is. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you guys heard, you know, the, the, the live that we did um, after UltraCon. But, you know, I, I, I literally sat down and cried because I got to see my people. You know, it was, yeah. it, 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 it was, it was one of those things that was great. You know, it was emotional, but it was also like, it was something that you needed. You were just happy to see me, yeah. but I, we, we I mean, I you get know, that I was, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been able to sit down and talk about a random Godzilla fax with somebody now for like five months and it's, it's about to explode out of me. <laughs> it's funny i had i had a conversation about godzilla today with a guy at, at the mall because i was shopping with my friend whose luggage got lost coming into town for a home show you know because those are happening um yeah we had a con- conversation about godzilla so it's funny that you brought that up so at the end of the day you know we've had a ton of conventions that have that have canceled and rolled and all that um, it, you guys have probably had kind of the same thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, in, in those cases, yeah, like, do you typically rebook? Do you do you say, "Hey, give me my refund"? You know, what 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 do you think? Well, one, I have for the most part, I've been rebooking, and you know, when when things started to shift, I was being really really careful, and I was. I asked for a couple of refunds because there were dates that looked like they would conflict. And honestly, right now, I'm going to rebook everything unless I need that cash because 
I just don't know what's going to still happen. We have a, a very unique for us circumstance. We're double booked in December. We're booked for um, a huge booth in Raleigh Supercon, and we're booked at um, Yamacon in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and we're keeping them both on the calendar. And if you know if if they both happen, um, he'll take one kid and the van one way. I'll throw everything else I can in the car, and the other kid will go the other way, and we'll make it work. Because if we cancel one and it's the one that, sh that shuts down, but that doesn't shut down, you know, we're it's like Russian roulette, right? <laughs> we are up a it would you know you would say i think and the other thing that really occurred to me and i, I think the other piece that i was thinking about in that scenario is i almost booked um baltimore comic-con for, for whatever reason we're always late getting into baltimore comic-con and they always have room for us and i put stroll at the back of the room but it's like whatever we'll go i almost booked being knowing that they were you know 100 percent going to cancel just so we'd be in the next year's show. And he was actually at that Virginia Comic-Con show. And every every time I passed him, somebody asked him, you going to have the Baltimore Comic-Con? And he's like, no, I don't know. I'm waiting to hear. And he, I think he had held on to it as long as he could. But it was less, I guess, at the last minute, they were just like, no, we, we can't let you have the event. Yeah. Well, the, from what I understood, they shifted back to like a, um, a lesser opening status too like they went from like a phase three to a phase two yeah yeah i think he was trying to hold on and they just i guess they did it to him their last minute so he had the last minute you know kind of drop it so but you know we were talking earlier about what's going to change um what's going to change and i think this whole rebooking cycle is going to change things because there's going to be, you know, people that can't get into shows because they've had to cut back and everybody rolled over. So it's really going to hurt people next year too, I think, in just trying to, to find places to go. Well, and you know, it's funny that you say that we, uh, I, I had a conversation this afternoon with the vendor who we were talking about the exact opposite. There are so many double and triple and quadruple booked weekends next year that you're going to, I think you're going to, it might be, a, it might be uh, beneficial for the vendors, even though it's going to pull fans and celebrities in multiple directions, there's not going to be enough vendors that are going to be one comfortable getting out and doing shows yet two that are still around. You know, we, we've talked about it a lot. There's a lot of vendors that have closed up shop. And, you know, they don't plan on coming back until, you know, until conventions are what they were because, you know, they, they either, you know, they were a, a fly by night anyway, or they, you know, they decided to go out and get a full-time job to support their families. Yeah. And that's, I think that's one way we've protected ourselves a little bit is we've tried to stay really narrowly focused on one thing. Um, I know a lot of vendors that really have a lot of money tied up in a lot of different inventory, trying to do a little bit of everything. I, I really worry about those guys, how they're able to stay afloat. And some of them I haven't talked to, some of them may have already closed down at this point because they're so inventory heavy. I don't see how in the world they could stay open if they're not able to move that stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, uh, I talked, uh, 
you know, I talked to some vendors that, you know, they still had had inventory that was coming in because they pre-ordered everything for shows. It was kind of wild. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how yeah, we've things got come back next year with all these shows. Like, like we were saying, everything's double booked and whatever, and so many in a month. I wonder how many of them actually happen, and then if they do, do they do they happen again? Because some of them still have our money, you know, that they for they uh, they did a rebook instead of a refund, so they still have our money, so they may be fine for next year. But then, twenty twenty two, they might not, you know, might not have anything have a, have a, have an available show, so. That's going to be uh, something to watch out for, too. Indeed. So, do you, uh, Alexa? Do you have any anything else? Um, I, I I don't. I mean, I'm uh, I talked a lot again. That's, yeah, that's what uh, happens. I, I warned him. I warned him beforehand. Good call. Good call. <laughs> They're not surprised. So, um, Joel, Martha, do you guys we want to let everybody know how uh, how they can find you, where they can, uh, you know, all the interweb stuff. Sure, sure. So, um, uh, primary our dar- uh, website is darkmooncardsandgames.com. We're on Facebook. I do a Facebook Live every Thursday. How do they find um, you on Facebook? For and, that? Uh, it's Darkmoon okay. Cards and Games. And then um, Joel's been doing stuff on YouTube. Uh, and that's again, just search Darkmoon Cards and Games. And we try to tweet every once in a while at darkmooncards1. All right. Well, that um, we. We, with that said, um, I, I, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. This was, uh, this was good. It was very informative. Um, I didn't realize that uh, Pokemon was, uh, was as big as uh, you guys were saying. I, didn't, I never knew about all that stuff, so that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I knew about it. I just didn't know that it, it continued on for so long, so that's, yeah. that's good to know. We hear that <laughs> an awful lot. All right. Well, um, well, again, thanks for coming on, guy, uh, you guys and uh, everyone else. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Con Job. Uh, for Alexa, I'm Ryan, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.